To the people that have been messaging me from places like Bangladesh and Pakistan, I've been saying to them, there's nothing here in the UK for you. Your life's not going to get any better over here. It will be different, but it won't be any better because we're also dealing with the cost of living crisis as well. So over the last couple of years since the pandemic's taken place and we've had this increase in the cost of living crisis, I've had a number of people message me from far and away places, places like Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Malaysia, even in the West I've had people say to me, you know, from places like America, Germany, Sweden, these kind of places. And one thing that's been quite common with a lot of these places is people have been saying to me, I want to get out of this country. We've got an economic crisis. The cost of living is too much. I need to get out of this country and go somewhere else. But the ironic thing is people in the Far East are wanting to come to the West. So people in places like Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, these kind of places, they want to come to places like the UK or Spain or Portugal or they want to go to America. And then people in the UK want to go somewhere else. They want to go to places like Turkey and I don't know where else they want to go, maybe like South Africa and uh, these kind of places. And then people in Turkey also want to go to the UK or they want to go to US. So we seem to have this grass is greener on the other side situation going on. And ironically, I have been saying to the people that have been messaging me from places like Bangladesh and Pakistan, I've been saying to them, there's nothing here in the UK for you. Your life's not gonna get any better over here. It will be different, but it won't be any better because we're also dealing with the cost of living crisis as well. And just because you can earn more money here, the cost of living is also higher as well. So relatively speaking, you're not necessarily better off. And in some ways, you might be better off where you are already because at least you know the layer of the land. You kind of know the economical terrain. You kind of know the people around you. You might be able to make things work better over there than you can in the UK. And the same goes for the UK. But this conversation keeps coming up. I mean, I myself am getting fed up of being in the UK. And that's not just because I have immigrant parents. I'm British born. It's a lot of people are wanting to get out of here. I'm personally just fed up with the weather in this country. It's just so limiting. You can't get out of the house, especially when you've got a kid, because you've got to think about the kid's going to get wet and then you've got to get him covered and then you've got to get your own coat. And then so many things that you just can't do. You don't, you can't go for a walk in the forest or in the park and stuff because your shoes are going to get muddy and these kind of things. And then, you know, things just look a lot more beautiful when the sun is out and when it's not out then you're worrying about getting catching a cold and those kind of things it's just gray and dull and you know right now as we speak it's the middle of july i've got a sweater on i had a jumper on yesterday it's cold we've had the heating on in places as well the weather is just atrocious in this country for that reason you know i would like to move that reason alone is a big enough reason for me wanting to move before we continue on this video i just want to invite you to my discord community look the world has changed and it is changing still. And on my Discord, which is a simple mobile app that you can use, you can stay in touch with other like-minded people like me who are staying informed of the things that are happening around the world that are going to affect our daily lives very, very soon. So come and join me on my Discord community and let's grow together and let's navigate this changing world order together. But the cost of living is really high. The you know the average house price in this country is now £285,000, which is a lot you need a large deposit the interest rates have gone up so a lot of your income is spent on just being able to pay for the house so it's it's become really tough you know energy bills have gone up energy prices have gone up fuel bills have gone up everything's gone up so it's it's difficult but in the eastern countries there's a lot more corruption there as well there's a lot more outward corruption there and they're seeing that so it's it's problematic it's difficult, but where do you go? You know, you could go to a place like Dubai, but then it doesn't have, you know, it's just concrete buildings everywhere. And, and all, even though there's hot sun everywhere, there is sunshine everywhere. It's a really good climate and it's a predictable climate. So weather isn't the thing that stops you from getting out of the house. 
it's not even a conversation. It has its own issues. It's probably even more expensive to live than the UK. And if you get a job out there, you probably get worked harder than you do in the UK. There's even more traffic there, but it, but it's just a concrete jungle as well. It's not that satisfying, I feel, but it is safer to live. And then you've got places like Turkey, you know, they're Muslim. They have family values. All the food is halal. There's a lot of nature. You know, it's it's a country of Ertugrul. It's the country of Sultan Abdul Hamid. But then they're dealing with massive inflation. Turkey is experiencing a mass exodus of its own. There's political strife. There's issues. They've had earthquakes, those kind of things. And the biggest issue is residency issues as well, visa issues. It's not easy to get residency in these countries, even if you have a British passport, getting residency in a place like Dubai and feeling like you can live there without any issue or in a place like Turkey is become more difficult than, than it even used to be before. So it's tough. So what do you do in a situation like that? And the answer that I say at the moment is, I don't know. All I would say is just keep your eyes peeled. Whatever you think of a country like Russia, Whatever you think of a leader like Putin or of a country like China or the leader like Xi Jinping or whatever you think of what their politics are, what their vision is, what their mindset is, what their attitude is, what their ideology and goal is, whatever you think of these things, the fact of the matter is that these two countries are going to become the two new superpowers. They're going to become the two new leaders of the world and America is going to end up taking a backseat. That's just a fact. When it happens, I don't know, but it's not a question of if, it's just a question of when, right? So you need to be looking at a country that has friendly relations with these two countries, with Russia and with China. That's just something that you're going to have to do. If you want to go to a country that has economic prosperity, you need to be looking at a country that has friendly relations with these two countries. Ideally, it's going to be a country that is part of BRICS. Again, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, it's like this organization, this new kind of initiative between these countries. But they have member countries now. So like Saudi Arabia has applied for membership, Egypt, Mexico, Venezuela, these kind of countries. There's also the SEO, which is the Shanghai Cooperation Operative, I think it's called. And there's a number of countries that are part of that. There's also ASEAN, A-S-E-A-N. So countries that have some sort of membership with these organizations, which involves Russia and China, they're the ones that are going to prosper in the medium to long term. And I don't know how long the medium to long term is going to be. Could be a couple of years, could be five years, could be 10, could be 15. But the moves need to be made now. You need to be looking at these other countries now. But what fits that country ideally, I don't know. Because what everybody wants is safety for the family, first of all. You want your wife to be able to go for a walk on the road, on the street, you know, down to the shops uh, in the afternoon or in the early evening and not have to worry about that. You want your kids to be safe. You know, if you take them to the park, you want them to play there without any harassment and stuff. You want, as a Muslim, you want the food to be halal everywhere. You don't want to get funny looks if your wife's in hijab or if you have a beard, etc. You want to be able to, you know, you want masjids everywhere. You want to be able to go to Jummah and stuff. You want a good education system. You do want a good climate, you know, something that's sunny but cool. You want good nature around you. You don't want a concrete jungle. You want the country in which people can speak English because unfortunately most of us in the West and a lot of us in the East, the only common language that we all have between us is English. You're not going to be able to go to a place like Turkey and speak Urdu, but you might be able to do that in a couple of other countries. But, you know, I don't think many of us are about to learn Russian and Chinese right now. So you've got a lot of these things to think about. And then we all have our individual uh, checklists as well. Like for me, I'd rather go to a country where they drive on the left-hand side of the road so I can drive a right-hand vehicle. But that's just me. I'm just particular in that way. But those countries are very uh, few and far between, believe it or not. There's very few countries where, where they right-hand drive. You've got Australia and then you've got, I think, 
Malta maybe, and a few others. There's very few Pakistan. There's very few, but I'm not going to go to Australia because it's full of spiders, and that's just something that I just don't do. And I don't believe Australia has particularly friendly relations with China anyway. I don't think Australia is going to be part of BRICS. It's part of the Five Eyes Alliance, which is like Canada, the US, Australia, New Zealand, UK, these kind of countries. These are the countries that are terrorizing and tyrannizing the rest of the world. So that's not appealing to me anyway. And then you've got Malta, but Malta doesn't have particularly, you know, I'm looking for a country that has conservative family values where there's a lot of emphasis on the family unit. I don't feel like somewhere like Malta would be very good for something like that. If somebody like me wants really good internet access, I have 500 megabits uh, internet over here so I can upload videos really quick. You know, a place like Malta, you don't have high speed internet. Places like Pakistan, India, there's no high speed internet over there. It's, you know, internet access is not very good. And we're used to creature comforts in the West. People in the East, they would find it a lot easier to move to other countries where the economic climate is of a similar nature. You know, where the infrastructure is, is similar to the country that they've come from, they would find that easy to get used to. Us in the West, we're a lot more used to very basic creature comforts. We're used to, you know, traffic signals working all the time. And we're used to having internet all the time. We're used to having 24-7 power, etc., etc. But people in the East actually can handle these things a little bit better than we can. So I think the options available to them are a little bit more in number than the options available to us just because we're used to creature comforts, which is a which is a drawback really. But I think if you were to look at a country, I think for the most of us, it's gonna be somewhere in Central Asia, whether that's Turkey, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, uh, Bosnia, Serbia, I don't know. It's gonna be, I, I think it'll end up being some one of these countries or it could be some part of Africa because countries in Africa, they actually, tick a lot of these boxes now they have advanced payment systems there is halal food available in a lot of places they have a lot of emphasis on family values conservative values you know the climate is good in a lot of these countries they have good payment systems now their economies are improving especially with the collaboration with china and if they start collaborating with russia it will improve even more and i think central asia is going to be a large part of that as well so i think based on your own individual and personal preferences you'd have to choose or look at something somewhere in Central Asia or somewhere in Africa somewhere. I have friends who've gone to Tunisia, for example, they've emigrated from Canada. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it's been really good for them. The climate's been better. There's, you know, they've had more kind of, they've had better social lives by going to Tunisia. The food's been better. The houses are bigger. There's more nature around them. They've been able to do a lot more traveling around the country. So it's been a lot better in a lot of ways. But obviously there's been some drawbacks. They don't get power 24 seven. So that's problematic. The internet access is not very good. But for now, for them, the pros outweigh the cons. And this is an, you know, it's a Northern African country. They can get away with speaking English in a lot of places, I believe. If not, they can resort to Arabic, of course, in Tunisia. They're not too far away from like Malta and Italy. So they're influenced by the Italian culture. They're not too far away from Turkey, relatively speaking. So that's kind of working for them right now. Tunisia for me wouldn't work. I don't think I'd be well suited to a Northern African country or to an Arab country, but I think I would be well suited to potentially to a Central Asian country. But that's kind of how you would have to look at this. But I don't think the answer is coming to the UK if you're in the Far East or going to places which have got a huge economic crisis. Maybe Turkey will work for a lot of people but it probably wouldn't work for me and somewhere like Dubai I think it could work in the short term long term I don't know the biggest issue is residency issues 
And I just don't know how you can get around those. Unless you've got a lot of money, you can't, you have to buy your way into these countries. That's what makes it a lot harder. So unless you know somebody who can get you in because you're married to them or you're related to them in some other way, or, you know, even with like getting jobs in these kind of places, the problem is that you can only stay there for as long as you have a work permit. So if you lose your job, you're out of the country. And that that's going to be the biggest issue. But I am hopeful that with the advent of BRICS and, you know, as this, as we enter into this multipolar world, they're already talking about a singular currency because they want to increase trade. I do feel like these new organizations, they will facilitate the movement of people and they will facilitate the settling of people into other countries because China's already working on the Silk Road and they're already working on, you know, trains going through multiple countries starting from like Pakistan all the way down to Istanbul. They want to create a single train route that goes all the way down. They want to be able to create a supply line so they can transport goods on a train and that can go all the way from Pakistan and end up in Istanbul in like maybe, you know, five or six days, which would do wonders for trade because ships at the moment, that, that same route for a ship would probably take something like 45 days because it has to go all the way around, right? And, and they're talking about developing a singular currency so countries can do trade with each other without having to convert currencies or without having to rely on the dollar. So trade becomes a lot more simpler and a lot more easier. So it, it sounds like a, it would be natural evolution a natural progress, a logical conclusion for them to want to say, look, we'll allow you to settle in these places if it makes trade easier for you, if it facilitates trade. Because that's what used to happen even before. It's part of Islam. It's part of the Medinan model to facilitate trade, to allow people who are coming into your city, into your region, to make it as easy as possible for them to do trade because it actually helps the economy. If you've got other people coming into your country, into your region, and they're either buying goods or they're selling goods, it actually helps your circular economy. It, it helps your economy flourish. But at the moment, these things have all been stopped. You know, we've got borders and, you know, you have to have visas and all this kind of stuff. I think they will make that a lot easier. So it's just a case of wait and see. And then you can kind of choose countries based on your own uh, personal preferences as well, I think. But if you want to be able to take advantage of that, you've got to choose a country. If you want to see something, you know, you want to see all of these things, the, the singular currency, that's backed by real commodities so it doesn't have inflationary attributes you want to be able to have easy residency you want good infrastructure you want good trade in there you want decent climate you want good family values if you want all of these things you have to be looking at a country that has good relations with Russia and China at least in my personal opinion anyway